Hi, I'm Nadia DeMarco and this is my Diary of a Fit Bird podcast where we will be discussing all things fitness, food and of course the 4-3-2-1 method. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Diary of a Fit Bird podcast. Today we welcome Gavin Hogarth, owner of Fit Body Farm Fitness in Ayrshire and a competitive obstacle course runner, which I think for most people uh, will sound really interesting and really exciting because I, I think it's fair to say it's pretty unique, as is the kind of setup you've got down in Ayrshire. I'm, we're doing the interview down here and uh, I've had a quick look around at the obstacle course. It looks really cool. Um, but I think let's start at the very beginning, uh, which would be how you get into fitness. How did that all start for you? Was it were you fit when you were young, you know, as a kid at school, or, you know, how did it start? Yeah, um, so, hi everybody. Um, yeah, so I kind of, yeah, I guess I've always enjoyed being active. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a farm, so running about the farm, playing football, um, rollerblading, awesome. rollerblading around the farm. Um, yeah, so always been active. Uh, played rugby initially, from probably the age of six, mm-hmm. till about 18. Um, and then, not a high level, but club rugby. And then went to Stirling University, um, gave up the rugby, joined the athletics club there. I'd always done running as like at school, like cross country and stuff like that. And then when I went to Stirling, joined the athletics club and did um, just kind of like track running, you know, like 800 metres up to 5k, some cross country. Cool. Um, again, nothing super serious, like British unis and stuff, but nothing, like, I didn't win anything, I wasn't, like, super, super fast or anything, um, and then, um, actually, um, I went back to the rugby, but in the form of touch rugby, oh, cool. <laughs> which I usually get ridiculed for, especially <laughs> by, by my mates, um, so, essentially, I was in Australia, uh, travelling, um, just basically straight after uni, and, lo and behold, here's uh, touch rugby, um, is very very big actually and oh, well respected <laughs> in Australia and New Zealand. Um, so um, I started playing it out there just for a bit of banter. Okay, cool. And, uh, and then come back to Scotland and uh, search for um, Scottish Touch. Probably, lo and behold, the Scottish Touch Association exists. I'm giving <laughs> a, bit, a bit of a plug for them then. <laughs> um, and uh, so I went along to some training sessions in Glasgow. So there's like a Glasgow association, um, and then I ended up. Um, going along to trials for the Scotland team oh, and wow. ended up playing um, for Scotland <coughs> for three years and won a couple of European championships oh, awesome. with them. So, um, yeah, it's actually a very, very hard, fast, one of the fastest sports in the world. Um, so, although it doesn't involve tackling, you do just touch each other, which sounds a bit strange. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely a great sport. Um, but I kind of... Um, I guess I fell out of love with it a little bit, um, the kind of serious nature of the training and things, um, and decided, it basically kind of gravitated towards uh, obstacle course racing. I um, see. And so did you, were you obstacle course racing <clears throat> before becoming a personal trainer? Um, no. So I, I, st- I started actually working in the fitness, di- fitness industry um, around about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I started with a, I actually started a running group uh, in Kilmarnock called the Kelly Striders okay. okay so that's like a fun running group so the kind of a wee backstory to that if you don't mind no, no. is just um, I ran the Great Scottish Run got a few friends together and mm-hmm. said okay I'll organise some training sessions we did some training sessions together just four or five of us we did the Great Scottish Run in Glasgow 
um, and then afterwards like oh that they, they said oh you should keep this going you should start like a group and then um, just through word of mouth I started like a, a fun running group in 2009 okay. so that's the, the Kelly Striders yes. and that's still going oh wow um, I don't uh, take as much to do with it now I've got people who kind of run that for me mm-hmm. <coughs> um, and then I got into I guess more the kind of gym side of the fitness industry before starting my own classes and then creating the Fit Body Farm about eight years ago right okay. um, and then it wasn't until probably three years ago three um yeah three four years ago that i d- did my f- first obstacle course race basically. and so what how did you get into that then how um i think the first thing i did was there was an event on edinburgh called survival of the fittest it was right. sponsored by men's health um and that was around the streets of edinburgh okay. um and just yeah it was, it was an obstacle course race on the streets right. i think that was the first thing i did really enjoyed it yeah um but it was just all for fun at that point then I think I did Tough Mudder which I think most people will have heard of when I'm yes. trying to explain obstacle course racing I'm, I usually say have you heard of Tough Mudder yes, um, yes. and they're just like oh right okay yeah Tough Mudder it's, it's one of the biggest in the world it's actually now if people might also have heard of Spartan races yes, so Spartan's yes. now bigger than Tough Mudder oh, um, so anyway I did a Tough Mudder again still just for fun and then um, I found out that there was a UK championships and there was qual- there's a qualification races for the UK Championships. So, well, so I went along and I won a qualification race um, and did the UK Championships. We're now talking like uh, November 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first time when I kind of thought, right, okay, this is a sport that I want to train for. Okay. So we're talking basically bang on three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I did the UK Championships, did all right, finished kind of um, fourth or fifth. Um, oh, that's very and good. then from that, went to the world championships over in canada oh my and and that was the following year 2017 so then i've done the world championships the last two years and this year tell tell everybody about this year because it's been a big year yeah 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 so as i get i've got a bit more competitive um yeah i kind of really wanted to do well this year um so not to bore people the details too much but um the last two years, I've been doing what's the, the kind of pro category yeah. um, or the elite category, and I've done okay in it, but I'll never finish like in the podium at elite level because mm-hmm. the guys who do it at the top level are professional athletes, like right. best in the world. Um, so this year, I decided to do my age group category. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's still very high standards, um, but I thought I had a bit more of a chance. So um, I targeted uh, being up at the front and doing well, and I was really pleased to uh, finish with a third place, a bronze medal That's amazing. on the podium. So and where really and where where the where were the world championships uh, this year? They were in um, sunny Essex. Oh, <laughs> after so, you were saying they were in Canada, no, I was like, I wonder where it was this so year. So what they do is the the world championships. The first year I did it in twenty seventeen was in Canada mm-hmm. uh, near Toronto. Uh, which is brilliant uh, on a ski resort and then they actually came to Essex in 2018 um, and they get held in each place for two years in a row I see so that the basically last two years have been Essex so the first year 2018 in Essex it was a bright blue sunny day and uh, beautiful this year it was raining the entire weekend and uh, yeah if anybody goes online and finds photographs of the event you will see some serious mud oh dear uh, it was very slippy very wet etc so very tough conditions and aside from going to Essex which isn't obviously that far afield Uh from from Scotland but 
do you find that that's an appeal of obstacle course running is that it, it takes you to all different places that you kind of ordinarily wouldn't go? Yeah, like I think um, obviously it, it's it depends what you can afford. <laughs> it, <laughs> yes, it does. It is quite a cost costly sport in a way, but um, it kind of has to be that way because they're very cost. Um, they cost a lot to put on these events. Yes. Um, so traveling, um, there is there's quite a few events in Scotland. There's probably I could rattle off probably ten good events in Scotland, okay. uh, and plenty more in the UK. But um, this year, for me to get more experience, um, I wanted to ex- experience um a broader range of races, um, which meant going abroad. Okay. <laughs> so uh. Not that many times, but I went to Amsterdam. So I literally did a twenty-four hour trip to Amsterdam oh, myself brilliant. to run in a, in a race out there, and um, just because it's a high standard of race with yes. different obstacles. Uh, and also went to the European Championships in June, which was in Poland. Oh, um, which I was the race. <laughs> uh, I was winning it by five minutes, apparently. Oh my um, but it's a very tough, uh, let's call it ninja type race, almost very very grip orientated. The European Championships. Um, and I could I'll show you photos afterwards, but uh, basically my hands ripped massively, <gasps> like um, which made meant I was I failed an obstacle right at the end. Oh which I, goodness! I basically couldn't get it through. So uh, yeah, I'll oh, say. Thankfully, your listeners wouldn't see those photos no. unless they want to look me up, and you'll probably find the photos. Um, <laughs> or I can post it. I can post it uh, when yeah, I post yeah, it yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might put might put people, people off. off. Yeah, yeah. So yes. this is all sounding like um, you know very kind of elitist in a way like you know these championships and stuff I'm talking about but I think it's just important for people to know that like 90% at least 95% of people who do these obstacle course events are doing it for fun totally Um, and with her friends with her work colleagues yes um, with her gym mates and things like that and I think well that quite nicely leads on to the obstacle course that you've got here yeah which um I've not been out to see yet but I've I've seen bits of it online um and uh maybe have a a I run at it another day yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, what I think is really cool about that is it's just your members that go on that obstacle course it's not really for anyone professional at all it's just for all your fit body farm yeah. members is that yeah yeah that's right? um, yeah our members will um, train on it We would, it's not like um, we don't use it like multiple times a week mm-hmm, it's almost mm-hmm. like an addition to what we already do here at fit body yes. farm but it's a great addition so when people have maybe lost weight or um they get a bit more confident with their fitness mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh we do obstacle course training so um because when people are a bit out of shape yes they may be a bit fearful of doing something like that and um, but when they start to get a little bit more confident mm-hmm. then they're like oh i'll give it a try and i'll come along and do like a beginner's uh, session as well yes um what what's pretty cool um I basically tried to make the course um, for all abilities. Um, so what I've done is I've, I didn't say this to you previously, but I've graded our obstacles. Ah, okay. So um, we've got around 40 obstacles on the course and they're like graded like level one, which is beginner, mm-hmm. level two, intermediate, level three is advanced. Mm-hmm. So people, um, like once a month, they basically hold like a, a I wouldn't call it a time trial, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a one lap of our course. Yes. And if somebody's a beginner... They just do level one obstacles only. If yes. somebody's intermediate, they can do the level twos mm-hmm. as well. And if somebody's advanced, they can do the level threes on top of that. Oh, so really that really means good. it's for any ability. Mm-hmm. So somebody if, if somebody comes to a level two or a level three obstacle and they're just a beginner, they just simply walk around it. Oh perfect. Or jog around it. Yes. And, and yes. Uh, that's fine. And then they can and then they can come for coaching sessions 
to actually move up a level. Ah, okay, yes. So they can maybe to do progress. the harder obstacles. There's a progression mm-hmm. there, which I was really keen to get this year. So Yeah, I think the thing that interests me um, is obviously a lot of why I do sort of a one-to-one and it's all bodyweight training and things, so it, there's not as much adventure, if you like. Uh-huh. Um, and what... And I think the best part um, of whenever you train people in any capacity is seeing them progress and not just even physically, but in their confidence and yeah. in how much they're enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. And do you notice a difference when you take people out of the gym that you've got here and onto the obstacles? Do you notice that people respond even more so when they yeah. kind of complete an obstacle? Does uh, it give them an even bigger uh, lift? Because I kind of imagine oh, it would. Ma- ma- massive. It's like um, the buzz the buzz yes. that people get is is phenomenal because everybody's got like their wins if you like mm-hmm. um, and for some people the, the first time they climb over a wall yeah. or the first time they complete monkey bars yeah. uh, or the first time they climb a rope and get to the top and ring the bell like yeah, they're, they're, they're like oh totally they're whooping they're high-fiving <laughs> they're hugging each other like people who don't even know each other yeah. Um, and yeah that's the kind of team aspect to it because yeah. genuinely everybody wants to see people do well and everybody fails obstacles mm-hmm. and I think that's where, where people really need to kind of realise I guess before we begin is like when you're starting to do an obstacle course events they're not all technical by the way they're like a lot of them are kind of just like mud runs with walls and cargo nets mm-hmm. and stuff they're all quite doable but when you do the kind of slightly more difficult ones and you have to like swing from something or climb something mm-hmm. or grip something then you have to be prepared to fail that Yes, and not yes. get and not get annoyed at yourself or upset and just frustrated. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it because everybody fails stuff, but that's what you train for. Yes, totally. That's <laughs> and, part uh, of it. I always talk about it fuels fuels your fire. Yes, um, to want to get better, to get some coaching, and yes. uh, find a way to do it. Because then when you actually do do it. The buzz is amazing. Yeah, because it wouldn't. I suppose it wouldn't be any fun if you could just go round it yeah. easily, get to yeah. the end. Yeah, you know that that is the the challenge and the adventure yeah. is it is yeah. that there are barriers that you need to overcome. Oh, yeah. and and it's just, I suppose like any other kind of training, there's obstacles that you'll find easier that someone else will find harder and vice versa. Yeah. I imagine yeah. based so, on your kind of abilities. To, yeah, you know, your totally. I mean, even for, even for myself, like I still feel obstacles. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. at the World Championships where I got the bronze medal, mm-hmm. um, I I got every obstacle first time till quite close to the end mm-hmm. and then I failed an obstacle. Um, you, can, you can retry these obstacles at the World Championships right. by the way, but obviously you lose time. Mm-hmm. So I failed an obstacle twice before I got in my third attempt and I actually lost second place because of that. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it, it still happens in the European Championships, which I mentioned earlier about my ripped, my ripped hands. Mm-hmm. I went from being in first position, gold medal round my neck, mm-hmm. to finishing nowhere in that race yeah, because okay. I could not get through an obstacle because my hands were so ripped. So all that's done for me. It really frustrated me at the time, yes. but it's now fueled the fire, yeah. and that's one of my big goals for next year will be to go back and do the European Championships. Yeah. So yeah, that's the perspective you want you want people to take. Yes, totally. It's, it is that challenge. And do you find that obstacle course running in general is on the up? It's something that people are wanting to get more involved with in general because yeah. of things like Tough Mudder and the Spartan races and the kind of I suppose publicity around it in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the, the sport's pretty young. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really only been going for like ten years. It was probably when Tough Mudder yeah. kind of started, maybe yeah, just over ten years, true, yeah. if that. Um, so it's still quite young and. Um, I mean, there'll be people who will say, I don't know the numbers on it, but people will say it's it's the fastest growing sport or one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Wow. Um, because it just get, allows you to combine so many elements of your training. Yeah. 
Um, so you're not just a runner. You're a runner who gets to play on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find really interesting about it, and I think uh, what's such an appeal about, about obstacle course racing, or just running, even if you're not in, in any sort of race, is, um, is that application of your training. Because, yeah. for example, I train a lot of people who used to play sports. Mm-hmm. And one guy said to me, as a man of training, he's in his 60s and he used to be a very, very good rugby player. And he said to me, you know, seeing you've not got a match on a Saturday, uh-huh. it's really hard to get your training in. Yeah, you know, yeah. he used to love training hard to perform well yeah, yeah. in his rugby match on a Saturday. Yeah. And now that he doesn't have that, he finds his training much more of a slog. He does it because he feels better for it, etc. Yeah. But he doesn't have the same buzz, the Aye. same motivation. And I think for kind of most people, it's an accessible way to sort of challenge themselves yeah. out with the gym so you do the hard work in the gym and then you can go uh, and apply it yeah. in an obstacle uh, course it gives your that's tra- really cool g- yeah it gives your, tra- gives your training a purpose yeah absolutely and um, like I say the kind, of, the kind of variety aspect is really appealing so um, you know pe- people will get around their obstacle course off of doing standard um, gym classes yeah. just general fitness will mm-hmm. get somebody around a course okay um, but obviously if you want to get better then you're you're talking about maybe getting better at running. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're talking about, but not if we love running, yes. <laughs> uh, but they maybe love obstacle course running. Yes. Um, so you're talking about doing uh, things like grip workouts, yeah. okay? Or if you want to make it more fun, you maybe try rock climbing. That's very transferable yes, so in, terms of, in terms of being able to grip onto obstacles. Uh, then you get stuff like, <laughs> we'll do training where it's carrying stuff, like literally sandbags, mm-hmm. tires, yeah. dragging things. Um, so you're carrying things and then um, and then even just things like balancing and then general actual obstacle sessions themselves to learn the technique and things like that so um, yeah it's just the variety just yeah, the variety is quite, quite appealing yeah so it's um, that's what I think is really interesting about it is is how you can apply all your training in a, such a varied way because yeah. sport is I suppose Sport's often a young man's game, if you like, for if for a lot of things. Whereas something like this is great because you can do it at any stage. Yeah. You, know, you just pick your level kind of yeah, thing, yeah. and uh, and I think that's really appealing yeah. about it as well. And that kind of, but you still have that team element. Yeah. Often, yeah. you know, sometimes you're obviously doing Aye. it as an individual, but often you know things like Tough Mudder, people love the team aspect Aye. of and you doing what, it with all your mates. That's what they thrive on. Totally. That's what they thrive on, and just just to pick you up on like the age and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Even at like world championship level, there's a there's a over fifty five category yeah, doing the same course mm-hmm. as the younger people. Yeah. Um. You know, genders is you know equal gender as well. And then I remember seeing um or what's kind of great even at like world championships they hold like a a charity race as well, so people can do part of the course. Um and you know sample it. Yeah. And there was a guy who did it in a wheelchair. Wow. And like I, I mentioned earlier, how muddy it was in Essex. And what he had, he had a team, I think of like 10 with him or something like that. And they had ropes attached to the wheelchair and themselves. So they were running, there was like, there was like five oh on one side, five on the other side, and somebody steering the wheelchair. And they, they, but the guy went through, to my knowledge, the obstacles, doing monkey bars and things, getting over walls and all sorts. That is incredible. And, I mean, it obviously took a while to get around yes, it. But, yes. I mean, so impressive. You get these stories of people doing it. I saw a guy doing an OCR, there's a video of it, a guy doing an OCR with no legs, and I mean, as in, not a wheelchair or anything, he did yes. the whole thing, like, running just on his, r- as running as on his hands, <gasps> running on amazing. his hands, just pulling himself, yeah. just so strong, so. I think, I think now there is a real buzz around people just pushing themselves to the absolute limit, and I think <laughs> that's amazing, you know, just, Aye. there is no limits, you Aye. know, that's the kind of thing Aye. that it almost, 
um, unlock some people because yeah. I think with some, also sports sometimes there can be barriers in terms of skills you know yeah. and you know you know if you play tennis well you, you know you've got to do a lot of skills and techniques and yeah. actually this is just all about you and how far you can push yourself yeah. and there's no other sort of yeah yeah I think, you're, I think you're dead right like what I would say to anybody who's kind of thinking oh I fancy doing this yes. also course yes. uh, racing um, is that like you might often see like things on social media about somebody who you idolize or somebody who you know um, completing some monstrous event like an ultra race which took 12 hours yeah. or something like that and you can maybe form the opinion that that is just crazy stuff mm-hmm. okay which can maybe put people off all right so what i'd say is like there's races out there who that are like stand like five kilometer good beginner courses okay our course is one and a half miles yes. long far, yeah. far more doable in terms of distance um so yeah like I, I think people need to know that it's not just all about these these feats that we talk about of epic endurance and epic stories yes and, but these people i've got massive i've got massive respect for people who do like feats of endurance of 12 hours 24 hours and stuff yes. but at the same time it takes them months to recover from yeah. after that if if they're serious about it because that's probably the biggest problem that i see as well is people just thinking what's the next massive event i can do yes because they're maybe not thinking i can win something so they're thinking all right how can i go further Mm -hmm. and it just becomes a little bit you know the monster grows yes and before you know it you've got people who only started training six months ago and they're doing like 50 mile races okay and it's it's a wee bit crazy at Uh times uh so that that's what i say like if people have got the impression that that's what it's all about, it's not really. Like yeah. you, you can you can start small, yeah. start at whatever level suits you, and you don't need to be doing massive distances within six months or within a year. Yeah, um, in fact, I would recommend that you don't. Yeah, like yeah. Like you, you just, you need to you just do it and get into it and see yeah. how much you enjoy yeah. it and those yeah. kind of things. Well, you think if you think about like so. Mo Farah, mm-hmm. right? So he did his first marathon, to my knowledge, at like probably the age of thirty-three, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's been running seriously for 20 years before that. So he took 20 years to build up his first marathon. Then you might get somebody who starts running and then within a year, they're doing a marathon, which is a fantastic feat. But at the same time, it's not always that clever in terms of your body, in terms of not getting injured and stuff. So you've got to be smart. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose then... um, you just mentioned like coming down to your uh, obstacle course down here uh, would you say a mile and a half yeah yeah and, and so can people book in for that do you do one-off sessions like if people aren't in the local yep. area because obviously you're based in Ayrshire <laughs> yep. is there like events that they can come down to for a day or whatever yeah yeah so just to explain that the way the way I've kind of uh, we're kind of structuring it at the moment is there's going to be two Saturday sessions a month okay cool. okay so one of the sessions would be um, a lap of the course like I described where you can do the obstacles at your level so that's for all abilities um, there's no prizes or anything but you'll get a time recording you might yes. try and beat that time next time right so that once a month and then the other Saturday will be purely obstacle coaching okay. so <clears throat> one the be like a beginner intermediate session and then that be followed by an intermediate advanced session so people are training with people at their level Okay. So that's kind of two Saturdays yeah. in a month. And that, what Saturdays those are just kind of changes a little bit. So um, it's best to just look in our Facebook page. Yeah. 
Um, I'll put all the links to these things up as cool. well so that people cool. um, uh, have access to them. Nice. Uh, and then the other opportunities people got is we, we have like a Tuesday night and that's every Tuesday, which okay. I call it pay and play. Okay? <laughs> okay, so people, just what it says, they turn up um, and then they pay £8 and they can basically use the facility for uh, up to about two hours. Wow. Um, and yeah, they just, it, there's no coaching as such, so it's probably more for people who have had a coaching session and now just want to come and practice but that's every Tuesday night okay that's um, great so yeah and then we do we do have people who come like like groups um, have come like of um, try to think there's a group in Ayrshire called Fit Ayrshire Dads um, a great group of guys who came before they they, they took on Tough Mudder and there was 80 of those that them did Tough Mudder oh, so they nice. came here for some training sessions mm-hmm. before it um, we're hoping to like at the moment we're not coaching kids um, so that's something we're looking to introduce in the next year. Okay. Or, or say like twenty twenty. Um, try and get more kids involved. And is well. that something that kids? Is there anything out there already for kids, or is this quite a new thing to try and get kids into obstacle course running? Do they do it at all, kids at the moment? Is there I, I mean, across uh, the, the sport in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they do do it. So, um, Spartan races, which I mentioned earlier on, there's always a Spartan that's held once a year in Scotland, um, around August time. Um, so they do kids races and there's a kids race at yeah, it okay. yeah competitive if yeah. they want it to be or yeah. non-competitive there's um, there's some smaller events there's one that I'd, I'd give a shout out to would be Tartan Warrior right. um, they host an event in March which is a great family event right, if, okay. anybody wants, if anybody wants to start um, and do their first event I'd probably say Tartan Warrior in March because um, they'll, they'll have kids right up to any age it's a five kilometre most obstacles are pretty doable. There's mm-hmm. one or two harder ones just to challenge you. Um, so that is a good one. Unfortunately, Tartan Warrior this in March 2020 is going to be their last event. They've oh, no. decided to focus on other things. Um, so there is there is events out there, and that's, yeah. that their event will be for kids from five years upwards. Oh, good, that's um, amazing. So that's what I, I like to start coaching because I've got a wee boy myself. Yes. Uh, okay, he's only twenty months, but <laughs> he's he, already yeah. Well, he already runs around and in the workout area and stuff yes. and like he's pushing the ropes he's kind of like want to swing on stuff already <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an obvious um, it's an obvious progression for me to start introducing coaching for kids yes absolutely well. and I think the great thing about getting kids involved in something like that is it's just playing yeah. it's just them oh, like to yeah. them they're just playing it's not yeah. competitive even though it, it may well be and it may well become competitive <laughs> It's not, yeah. it's just them playing, like, that's exactly what kids love to do. Climb, yeah. jump, roll, like, crawl about in dirt. Like, yeah, that's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. your absolute dream. Yeah, my, my so guy sounds loves ideal. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, totally I can see, ideal. I can see us, um, as he started to have birthday parties, it's probably every year it'll be an obstacle course themed yes, birthday party. Totally. That's amazing. <laughs> every year. <laughs> saves us saves us hiring anywhere. <laughs> That's totally amazing. And so obviously you're, you're you're thinking about moving into the kids sort of side of things. Do you have any other sort of goals for the future, whether they be both personal and professional? Um I mean profession professionally in terms of coaching other mm-hmm. people, um I've just literally started um the what we call the Fit Body Farm Freestylers. So free, Freestylers is the name of our obstacle course training group. Right. So Fit Body Farm Freestylers started like a performance program, um, which isn't again, it's not as elitist as it sounds. It's really for people who already do some obstacle course training or have done some events over the last year or two, and they just want to get better. Yes. and they want to get a bit more structure to their training, um, rather than kind of doing bits and pieces. Um, so it's a bit more specific 
Um, so what I'm coaching, just just a small group of ten, uh, just now. Um, kind of some of it's online. Um, and they, they visit here now and again too. Okay. Um, so that that's something I'd probably like to develop. Mm-hmm. I think that'll just kind of grow quite organically. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna, not I'll not be forcing and advertising that too heavily. Um, but yeah, and then on on my, on a personal level, mm-hmm. yeah, for me it's a. Uh, I don't know. I achieved quite a big goal this year, and it's hard to. It's always you've got to keep yourself motivated. So next year, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure what my big focus will be. I've got a marathon to do, um, the Valencia marathon. Oh, lovely! Uh, before that, that's in less than four weeks time. Um, so I I was meant to be doing a marathon in April in Manchester. That was how it was meant. I wanted to start my year with a marathon, but right. I got a chest problem a few weeks before okay, and I literally I trained for like three or four months and then couldn't do it oh no uh, so this is like my backup race <laughs> to being able to do the marathon so once I've done that I'm not sure I think maybe European championships like I mentioned um, and then there's also for people who are a bit more competitive there's like um, series races so like Spartan series right. so like in the UK there'll be like one race in Ireland and um, maybe two two or three in England maybe one in Scotland and you can race in the elites and then, right, and then you, okay. gain, you gain points okay. for the series and then you have an overall series champion. Uh, so right. that's something that maybe appeals as well yeah. um, from a competitive point of view. Yes. Um, so, and then yeah. have you got any more uh, sort of fun runs planned if you like, like Tough Mudder, do you, do, do you sort of do any of those ones just with like any of your fit body yeah, farmers, stuff yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything? I always said I don't want to kind of just do, be doing everything myself because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's hard because you've got your own goals but at the same time it can get lonely Yeah, absolutely. if your goals are quite lofty and up there it's hard to find people to train with because you, so you don't want to lose that fun element. Um, so this year, even though I was doing quite a lot of competitive races, I still did two or three kind of banter races, fun races. Like I got my brother doing his first OCR oh, this year uh, down in England, and that was just a fun one. Um, and yeah, next year there's, there's still ones, especially local ones. Mm. I'll try and still... There's, there's some good races in Scotland, but sometimes to get a bit more competition, you have to go down to England or mm-hmm. further abroad. So um, I still want to support the local events as well and um, so there will be there's an event at the start of the year which i'd also recommend to people called mctuff and um, right. a little bit harder than tartan warrior the one right. that i described earlier and um, mctuff is in january for a start so it's cold it <laughs> <laughs> uh, can be a bit wet and muddy and um, it's actually held at silverstone not silverstone um what's the name of the racetrack in scotland through fife Oh, people know it, but people will probably listen to this and shout out the name. Absolutely, I know uh, the one you're talking about as well. It's probably the best known uh, racing car track in Scotland, and it's totally going out my head. That's really going to annoy me. But anyway, it's, it's held through in Fife. Right. Um, I think there's a seven kilometer. No, a seven kilometer, a fifteen kilometer, and a thirty kilometer. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, look up McTuff as McTuff, well. McTuff. That's okay. that's a good way to start your year on like the fifth of January or whatever the first Sunday in January is. Oh, uh, and the, now that does bring up an interesting point. Does does the weather matter at all, or is it just <laughs> is it just like yeah. you've just got yeah. face elements no matter yeah, what? Yeah, I, th- I think the traditional UK OCR scene uh-huh. has been about the mud. Right. And a bit of survival about that because our weather conditions yes. tend to be worse. Whereas they sometimes go to other parts of the world and they're only used to running on flat ground where it's nice and bone dry. Right. Whereas we're about the hills and the mud and the, the slog. Um, so yeah, the weather makes a difference because when it, 
you, you do need to kind of prepare for that potentially wearing different clothing yes, even like neoprene yes. like wetsuit material at times I've, I've never had I've never worn that but um, some people would for a January race yes, yes. Uh, and then you've got to consider things like okay it's wet it's slippy it's muddy mm-hmm. I've got a monkey bars to do how do I do monkey bars yeah. when there's mud on them and they're wet uh-huh. um, so there's different techniques okay. that you might employ depending on the conditions so like so the world championships I just did uh, there's still a lot of grip obstacles so um, if people can visualise this I did I'd never done so many obstacles with my arms bent before oh, okay. so my arms at 90 degrees yes. as I'm going through monkey bars because it's short movements so you don't you don't have the this you don't have the your hand doesn't spin on the bar it's just it's just quick short yes, movements yes. as opposed to doing straight arms and big swings big yes, swings you, you yes. do them if it was dry mm-hmm. but you have to adjust your and that, that's to, to be honest like, when it comes to training uh-huh. that's another thing you need to train for another thing to think about which adds variety to yes. your training because when we were, when we were preparing for the world championships we held a, like a simulation day here and I actually had buckets of water it was a dry day, so I had buckets of water at some of the obstacles, so people would get their hands deliberately wet. I thought you were going to say you chucked them over people. Uh, no. <laughs> that, but... that was the image I had in my mind. And, you went, <laughs> and they could dip their hands in, and I was like, oh, that sounds much more surprising. Yeah, well, <laughs> since you've said that, we did also have, so being in a farm, we've got tractors with big buckets on the front of yes. them. Um, and I filled one of the tractor buckets up with water to the top. Right. And there was points where we had to like go in that freezing cold water oh. and just and just sit there for 30 seconds oh my because word. we knew at the world championships there was there was water where you had to like do like a swim across a, a lake for a small section so you're gonna get freezing cold right. so i had to like uh-huh. try to prepare for that as well uh-huh. Uh-huh. so yeah that all adds kind of a bit of fun and yeah it was good to see you, yeah that's probably something i really enjoy is thinking about what what's the race coming up what are the conditions going to be like what how do i need to train for this and being creative with like the training Yes. So to try and simulate what's to come, um, which makes it all fun. I think the whole thing sounds totally incredible. Like, I think you're you sold at uh, I think I mean, we need to get you along for a session. Totally, because <laughs> I am, um, you know, uh, to, get, to give everyone a bit, a bit of background about this, I um, went to university with Gavin's wife, and through that, through her Facebook page, I started seeing lots of posts about what you were doing. And then I thought I need to find out more about this. This is the sort of thing I would love, you know. Yeah. And um, and I thought I need to find out more about this. But actually, prior to doing the podcast, you and I haven't actually spoken that much. So this is, you know, this is kind of the first yeah. time I'm hearing all yeah. of this along with the listeners. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, it's, it's good that way. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And so I'm, you know, thinking, right, how can I get the 4321 members down here? And how can <laughs> I come down to small schools? They'll all be panicking when they're yeah. listening to this. But, uh, you know, I just think it's a really, it sounds like a really incredible sport to Aye. get into, uh, both at every level, both at just yeah. an amateur level to have fun with your mates and yeah. also for people, and, and this happens in every area, there's people who do 10Ks, 5Ks, 10Ks for fun, yeah. and there's people who take their running much further, much more seriously. Yeah. So it happens in every sport at every, you know, at every level. And so I think it's really interesting that also course running and racing is kind of coming into its own in that same way where there's people who are just doing it for fun tough mud or all those kind of things and then for those that really start to feel passionate about it they can pursue it and like take it to the next level if they want to there's kind of something for everybody and it's just it's just a pretty obvious progression to be Mm -hmm. honest when you you start off anything you you try it and then you're like oh i enjoy this and then you want to do more and then you start to get to a stage, not everybody, but you start to get to a stage like, oh, I want to get better. Yes. Oh, 
now I can see that I'm actually doing quite well. I'm getting a little bit more competitive. And it's just everything just progresses naturally. Um, but like you said, not, that's not always the case. Some mm-hmm. people are fun runners and will always be fun runners. Absolutely. And then you get some people just make that natural progression and uh, start to get a little bit more competitive about it. So it, it caters for both. For everyone. Yeah. Well, Gavin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Sorry. Like, I'm hoping everyone's really enjoyed this and, like, taken so much from it because I know I have and my mind's, like, buzzing about things, <laughs> I, can, things I can do going forward. Yeah. Um, obviously, post-pregnancy. <laughs> We're not also course raising for a few months. But, you know, after that, I yeah. think it's a really... And it, especially with what I do, which is a lot of body weight training, I think it really ties in well with that kind of yeah. a, idea of, you know, it's how much you can push yourself yeah, uh, I mean, to e- limit. Even, even, with your, even with your clients, I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing body weight training, yeah. but maybe some of your clients might want to have a pull-up bar in yeah. their house. Maybe some of them do, I don't know. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's just a great way to start, is yeah. a bar and, like, how long can you hang from a bar for? Totally. That's, that's, that's how you improve your grip strength, is just, hang yeah, <laughs> that's, just, that's a good starting point yeah totally totally without, without too much equipment or anything so. yeah it's just a simple way to get yeah. into it simple yeah. way to get into it which is, which is fantastic so thank you so much for taking the time no to talk to us and good luck for all your races next year cool and uh, thank you no no worries see ya thanks for joining me on this week's Diary of a Fit Bird podcast to follow more of my journey join me on social media at Diary of a Fit Bird or to learn more about my methods go to the 4321method.com